Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline Sportsbook has all of your props, odds, promos, and parlays for the 2023 NBA Finals. Use our promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. Bet online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network. Except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. And podcasts aren't live. That's the whole purpose of podcasts. You can listen however and whenever you so choose. And we appreciate that you have decided to stop in however and whenever it is that you may be listening. We have got a fantabulous show coming at you today. We are going to be breaking down the NBA Finals Game 4 once again by hearing some post-game sound, something that now that I work in live radio, I have found to be incredibly fascinating and interesting to put together is listening to these post-game audio clips and wanting to share the best of them with all of you. So today, we're going to hear from Mike Malone, we're going to hear from Nikola Jokic, we're going to hear from Jamal Murray, and we're going to hear from Jimmy Butler, most likely at times during today's show. But first, here in the A Block, I was thinking of putting together a PGA Tour Live Golf podcast that would have detailed research and notes and take a deep dive into this crazy story of the merger, but I haven't had time to do that. Combined with the NBA Finals, combined with working a full radio shift, I haven't had time to put that together. So we'll wait until next week to do a full podcast on that. And of course, our friend Walter Mitchell is going to do his Golf Power Hour after the U.S. Open in two weeks, where I'm sure we'll break that down. So today, instead of doing a niche podcast about golf, let's do a niche podcast about hockey. How about that? Let's go to hockey today. We usually don't do a lot of hockey on this show. When I was really deep into the weeds on sports and being a sports nerd, uh, this was around my senior year of high school when I was using sports to cope with a lot of pain and a lot of trauma going on in my life, kind of the origins of everything that has come up here. For about a year and a half, I started getting pretty big into hockey. It was about two playoff runs worth of really, really being interested in hockey. And then as I got older, I moved off to college. We started doing this podcast. 
we grew into the the person that we were going to be and really just kind of became our own person and as i grew into becoming my own person the relationship with sports evolved and one of the ways that it involved evolved is one i realized regular season sports don't have any stakes to them they are an entertainment product and that entertainment product can be a bit consuming and two in addition to that i needed to reduce my fan width and what i mean by reducing my fan width is i needed to have less of certain i just needed less sports period in my life and so that meant cutting a lot of regular season basketball i talk regularly on this show about how regular season basketball for me i lean a lot more on the numbers and the analytics than watching the games because i simply don't have the time to watch regular season basketball it's hard to watch playoff basketball at times because i've structured my life around limiting the amount of live sports that i'm actually watching i have limited the amount of regular season basketball that i have watched i used to be huge into college basketball huge 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 into college basketball and now I don't really watch college basketball until March. We have a joke on this show for years now about how my fan width when it comes to college basketball is down to after the Super Bowl ends, we do a podcast with Razor Rosenthal where he explains what's going on in college basketball to me. And he's a college basketball expert, big into gambling, all that stuff. He explains what's happening in college basketball. And... I genuinely learn a lot. We joked at the end of this last basketball season that my first line that I said to Razor during our basketball preview is, huh, UConn's good at basketball again, huh? And he's like, yes, they are. And then lo and behold, a month and a half later, UConn ended up winning the championship. So, huh, UConn's good at basketball was all the analysis I had and all the analysis I needed to break down college basketball this year. So... I say that to say as college basketball got cut from my fan width, as regular season NBA got cut from my fan width, as I've started cutting bad football out of my life, like we're not going to do Thursday night football Falcons and Panthers anymore, I'm not going to spend my time watching that on a Thursday night, as I've cut that stuff out of my sporting fan width, I've also cut hockey out of my life a good bit. I used to really enjoy watching playoff hockey, get excited about the championship, and there was about two years plus the bubble to a certain extent, because there was just a lot of sports going on in the bubble year, but I would say the bubble year was the last time that I was really intent on hockey. And I can still give you the best player on every team, or at least 25 of the 30 teams in the NHL. I can name you 40 hockey players, but I'm not watching the games. I'm not following the the sport as intently. However, I did get very invested in this Stanley Cup final over the past week or so. And the reason I got really invested in the Stanley Cup final was because that two years of high school, when I was really deep into being a sports nerd and really watching way too much sports... During that, those two years or year and a half that I got really invested in hockey, that overlapped with what I regard to be one of the greatest stories in the history of professional sports, which is the expansion Vegas Golden Knights in their first season winning the Western Conference Championship. 
in their first season as a team, the Vegas Golden Knights, as an expansion team, won the Western Conference in hockey. And then the following season, they had the best record in the Pacific Division. So the Vegas Golden Knights, they were in Incredible. And I say the following year, I meant by that is the, the bubble year, so it's actually two years later. They had a weird in-between year, we'll get to it in a second, but I meant the, the bubble year after. It's kind of weird how the scheduling worked out. But Vegas Golden Knights, number one seed in the bubble, two seasons after their first year in franchise history in which they won the Western Conference Championship. And even if you're not that deep into hockey, the one thing you probably hear all the time about hockey is it's pretty random, right? The playoffs are random. The teams who win are random. And if you were for evidence that hockey's playoffs are random and it's a random sport, beyond the fact that the number eight seed who was out of the playoffs until the last day of the season won the Eastern Conference in the Florida Panthers, or even if you wanted to point to the fact that the President's Trophy winner who goes to the best regular season record, I believe only five teams have won in the last 32 years. The President's Trophy curse is a thing now. The third greatest regular season team of all time, the Tampa Bay Lightning, got swept out in the first round. This year, the Boston Bruins, who had more points than any team in the history of the sport, they blew a 3-1 lead in the first round. They lost if you were looking for more evidence that says that hockey is a really random sport, look no further than the fact that an expansion franchise won the Western Conference in their first year of existence. And the reason I bring this up is that the Vegas Golden Knights, who again were the 31st expansion franchise in the NHL, their first season was 2018, and with a group of quote-unquote rejects, from other teams, they got a star player from, I believe it was Nashville, who ended up being uh, traded to Calgary later. I'm trying to remember who his name was, but uh, you could look at Jonathan Marcheseau, or you could look at Shea Theodore, or you could look at all these guys from the original team. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was picked up from... Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was the Hall of Fame goaltender of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he was not protected because you could only keep one goaltender in the expansion draft, and they chose Matt Murray, who I don't believe is on the Penguins anymore, but you could look at Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, you could look at Cody Eakin, who came over. I'm trying to remember who the player was who they got um, in exchange. They, got, he, they traded him not that long afterwards. I'm trying to remember who it is now, who they traded to Calgary. Oh, James Neal, that's who it was. James Neal came from uh, came from Nashville, was picked up in the expansion draft, and almost won MVP. Like, the, they didn't protect him in the expansion draft. He came over to Vegas and almost won the MVP in his first season. Whether it was the chaos of James Neal pulling off a complete 180 on his career or William Carlson coming over from Columbus and being an all-star after he wasn't picked up in the expansion draft. Jonathan Marcheseau from the Florida Panthers going over. Like, they just had an incredible group that ended up putting together a run to the Stanley Cup that is one of the greatest stories in the history of the sport. In their first year of existence, they win the entire Western Conference. They're the number one. They win their division. They win the Western Conference. They do it pretty easily, too. Like, they went 12-3 and 3 
through the Western Conference playoffs. It was an absolutely incredible story. And at the time, we didn't have a podcast. But at the time I looked at that story, I'm like, this is one of the most incredible stories sports have ever seen. And so from that point forward, I had been uniquely interested in what the Vegas Golden Knights had been doing because the following year, they made the playoffs again after the magical run. They had traded James Neal to Calgary. They went on this magical run back to the playoffs and they lost after having a 3-1 lead in the first round against the San Jose Sharks. And then a couple years later, they fired the manager who had taken them to the Stanley Cup final in his first year. And then they hired a new manager in Peter DeBoer, and then they fired Peter DeBoer, and then they hired a completely new manager in uh, Bruce Cassidy, who was the former manager of the Boston Bruins, or coach, or whatever they call it in hockey. But besides, like they... They fired the coach who took him to the championship. He's now the coach. In, well, he was the coach with the New York Rangers, and then the New York Rangers just fired him. Hockey coaches get fired a lot. That's another thing that if you don't know a ton about hockey, hockey coaches get fired a lot. I believe uh, the coach of, of the former coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, Peter DeBoer, is now coaching the Dallas Stars. I believe that's the fifth team he's coached in his career, which just as a reference point for people keeping track at home, 22-year NBA veteran Doc Rivers has only coached four teams in his career. Peter DeBoer has been a head coach for about 15 years and has coached, I think, five different teams now. So yeah, hockey coaches get fired a lot. But the besides the point, the Vegas Golden Knights have been a team that I was super interested in because it's a unique story of an expansion franchise who won the championship. But they've been the best team in the Western Conference in the time since. And how crazy is that? That expansion draft rules gave them such a competitive advantage. And they've had great management from top to bottom. A former, uh, I can't remember which team, but a former general manager took the job of general manager of the Golden Knights. It's the same guy who's been in power this entire time. And in the wild, wacky, random sport of hockey... They have been the best team in the Western Conference and most consistent team in the Western Conference since they entered the sport. And this year's Golden Knights team only has six players who have been on the team for all six seasons of the franchise's history. Jonathan Marchessault, who's the center, he had a couple big points during the Stanley Cup Final. Jonathan Marchessault has been there the entire time. Shea Theodore, who I mentioned earlier, has been there the whole time. These are just names that I remember from this run because it was so interesting to remember Carlson and Marchessault. By the way, Carlson still plays for the Golden Knights uh, all these years later. And all of it is absolutely incredible because they have a... For, the, for all intents and purposes, a completely different team than they had four years ago. Completely different, other than six players, from the team that went to the championship in 2018. And they won the Stanley Cup final. After three years before, they made it to the conference finals in the, the bubble year of 2020, Then they made it to the conference finals again in 2021. And the Vegas Golden Knights 
have now in their first six seasons with only six players still being exactly the same year over from the original team six years ago in six years they have made it to four conference finals in six years last week on the show we talked about the boston celtics and why the boston celtics are not a failure because of with four different cores of their team they have made it to the conference finals within a span of seven years vegas has made it to four conference finals in a sport that's regarded as random and while the tampa bay lightning have defied all logic within the sport the vegas uh the tampa bay lightning had the number one seed in the sport and they lost in the first round by a sweep and then they came back and won the championship in 2020 then they came back and won a back-to-back championships in 2021 and then they went to the championship for a third year in a row in 2022 and lost to the colorado avalanche the tampa bay lightning have been the best team in the sport out of the Eastern Conference, a dynasty unlike anything that's been seen since the the Sidney Crosby Pittsburgh Penguins and even the Sidney Crosby Pittsburgh Penguins didn't make it to three consecutive conference finals. Or sorry, three consecutive Stanley Cup finals. They didn't win three conference championships in the entire time. While Tampa Bay has been the dynasty of the sport over the last six years, the Vegas Golden Knights have been number two, the most consistent, best team in the Western Conference over the last six years and they've only been around for six years four conference championships two western conference titles and now at the end of it all a stanley cup championship at the end of the mountain and i think it's just an absolutely incredible story it's absolutely incredible what they've been able to accomplish over these last few years and again I haven't been deep into the hockey world in this time since. I would guess a lot of people listening to this are not deep in the hockey world. And that's why I'm not trying to get into the X's and O's of what Jonathan Marcheseau did against the Dallas Stars in the playoffs. Or what Aiden Hill is their new goaltender. And by the way, is like their third different goaltender in the last four years. He played for the San Jose Sharks last year and then was a member of the Arizona Coyotes. He was in the minor leagues earlier this season. This season, Aiden Hill was in the minor leagues, and now he's the star goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, we could talk about what Aiden Hill has done or what Jonathan Marcheseau has done uh, as he's one of the, the carryovers from the magical 2018 team. But what the Vegas Golden Knights have been able to sustain built on expansion draft rules that were exactly the same for the Seattle Kraken, and the Seattle Kraken have not had the same level of success as the Vegas Golden Knights. For those who don't know, the Seattle Kraken are the 32nd team in the NHL. They expanded two teams with their expansion draft. The Seattle Kraken missed the playoffs their first two seasons, made the playoffs this year for the first time, and they made it to the second round of the playoffs, which is certainly an accomplishment. They won a playoff series, beating the defending champion Colorado Avalanche. So like they've had success, but when matched up against what the Vegas Golden Knights have accomplished, which is... They haven't missed the playoffs twice in their first six seasons and have now won two Western Conference championships, played in four conference championships in six years. The Vegas Golden Knights, built on an expansion draft rules that seemed unfair, have continued to build on this team to the point where it's a completely different roster 
than the one from 2018, apart from six players who are still the same, William Carlson, Shea Theodore, Jonathan Marcheseau, all key players on the team, two of them starters in Carlson and Marcheseau. But apart from those six players who are part of the expansion draft, they have a completely different roster, and that completely different roster was still able to sustain a Stanley Cup title, including picking up guys like Alex Alec Petrangelo, who was on the 2019 St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup championship team. The reason I remember him is because 2019 was one of those years that I was really into hockey, and I learned most of the players on those St. Louis Blues championship teams. He's the big money free agent who joined the the Vegas Golden Knights a couple years ago. They were able to acquire Jack Eichel in a trade, and for those who don't know hockey, Jack Eichel is basically like the Matthew Stafford of hockey in that he was regarded as the number one pick in his draft all the way through and through. He got selected by the Buffalo Sabres, who are the closest thing to the Detroit Lions of hockey. And the Buffalo Sabres spent seven years kind of wasting his career, and then he was traded to the Golden Knights at the trade deadline. And similar to Matthew Stafford, he's come in as this mercenary at center And he has just been an incredible player for the Golden Knights. And they gave up a lot to acquire him. But, I mean, the Rams gave up a lot to acquire Matthew Stafford. And I don't think they regret that decision in hindsight. They traded for Jack Eichel. They signed Alec Petrangelo and built around uh, this Aiden Hill guy has been the goaltender. And he's been an incredible story. Like I said, in the minor leagues earlier this year, came up and now he's the hot goaltender carrying Vegas to a Stanley Cup championship. The same way that uh, Jordan Binnington was that guy for the St. Louis Blues. He was a minor leaguer, a rookie, who got hot at the end, and he ended up winning the Stanley Cup final as the goaltender for the St. Louis Blues. Aiden Hill has been that in 2023 for the Vegas Golden Knights. Like The Vegas Golden Knights are similar to the Los Angeles Rams in that way where a magical team in 2018 goes to the championship they continue to have success in a sport that's regarded as random. Like, football saw it. Like, the the Rams went to the Super Bowl, then missed the playoffs, then got back to the playoffs, then won the Super Bowl, and then went 5-11 and the next year. Or 6-11 or, or whatever it was because of the 17th game. The Rams missed the playoffs both years after winning the Super Bowl. And they still continued to rebuild, retool, retool, and with a completely different core of their team besides Aaron Donald, Sean McVay, and I guess the general manager, they were able to return to the championship and win the championship. I think the Vegas Golden Knights reflect that story similarly to the Rams, but unlike the Los Angeles Rams of Sean McVay and Aaron Donald and Les Snead and, you know, going from a team that had Jared Goff and Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks to a team with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and no running game running a completely different offense than they had in 2018. What's so what adds another interesting layer to this with the Vegas Golden Knights is the Vegas Golden Knights won the championship without having a team in 2017. Their team didn't exist. They had to go through the expansion draft in order to even put a team together in the first place. And I think it's so fascinating and so remarkable 
that the Vegas Golden Knights have retooled this team, brought in stars like big names of the sport, like Jack Eichel, Alec Petrangelo, uh, Petrangelo being the free agent, Eichel being the guy they traded for, similar to how the Rams traded for Matthew Stafford when everything looked like they were kind of stuck in in stagnation because Vegas, after making the conference finals in 2000, and after making the conference finals in 2020 during the bubble and making the conference finals again in 2021, they missed the playoffs in 2022. That was the inflection point where it looked like that could be the end for Vegas. This could be the end of their run. And not only did they come back and make the playoffs in 2023 with Jack Eichel, with Carlson, new goaltender in Aiden Hill. They traded for Jonathan Quick, who's a Hall of Famer from the Los Angeles Kings and the player I grew up watching when I watched the Kings win the championship in 2014 in Southern California. My first introduction to hockey was through Jonathan Quick. Even though they traded for Jonathan Quick and even though they've rotated goaltenders and rotated coaches in the time since... They came back in 2023 and not only won the Pacific Division title, they got more points than they did in the magical 2018 season when they made it to the Stanley Cup final as Western Conference champions. This is the best Golden Knights team ever and they are being rewarded with a Stanley Cup championship as at the end of it all, they are rewarded with the Stanley Cup final and winning it in Vegas it's an incredible, incredible story. And that trophy, bringing home the Stanley Cup and having that celebration and raising that banner is hardware and a banner to raise in that brand new arena. Yes, they've only been around for six years. And yes, it's a remarkable story. But what they've accomplished over that six years, having that banner to show for it, I think will ultimately be the legacy of one of the greatest stories in the history of North American professional sports. Like not just basketball, football, baseball, tennis, like any sport you could point to. It's absolutely remarkable what the Vegas Golden Knights have been able to accomplish over those six seasons of existence. As I said earlier, built on an expansion draft rule that wasn't as kind to the Seattle Kraken, but gave them a competitive advantage somehow over the rest of their competition because the Nashville Predators, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Florida Panthers decided in protecting players by the expansion draft that they just didn't want all-stars and didn't want guys who Vegas took in and turned into, in some cases, borderline Hall of Fame players. And they carried that momentum to build a team that ultimately ended up not just winning a Stanley Cup final, but sustaining success across six seasons making it to four conference championships, winning two Western Conference titles, and ultimately securing one Stanley Cup final trophy that will carry with them for years and years and years. It's an incredible story. Glad that at the end of this entire season, the team that I got super invested in during 2018, just marveling at this incredible story back when my sports fan width was greater. It's remarkable that five years later, I can look up 
and see that team and what they have built off of that incredible 2018 run. Because all of this begins with, in their first season of existence, winning the Western Conference Championship in one of the greatest stories ever. And seeing what they've continued to build in the five years since has been incredibly remarkable and interesting to watch unfold. And I'm glad that I get to watch it unfold with a Stanley Cup championship, and I just feel so good for the Vegas Golden Knights. You could say it's our hockey team, our hockey team, the Vegas Golden Knights, winning the championship. Nikola Jokic deserves to win a third consecutive MVP, which at this point basically solidifies him as the best player in the NBA. It is indisputable that Nikola Jokic, right now in his physical prime, is the best player in the NBA. This year's Denver Nuggets team is competent, and the reason that that is the case is because the last two playoff runs... Their best player their best player in 2021, other than Jokic, was Michael Porter Jr. And the problem was you can't have Michael Porter Jr. as your second best player. And while Michael Porter Jr. was out for the playoffs last year, for most of the 2022 season, Michael Porter Jr. was their second best player. And when Michael Porter Jr. was their third best player, with Jokic playing at an MVP level... They made it to the conference finals and were an Anthony Davis three-pointer at the buzzer away from giving the Lakers a run for their money in that series in the bubble. Jamal Murray has returned, and Michael Porter Jr. is the fourth best player on the Denver Nuggets now. They are the best team in the weaker conference, and I will take the next step to say that despite the fact that Boston has eight players that are ranked in, or seven players that are ranked in the top 100, in win shares and despite the fact that Philadelphia has two players in the top 12 in win shares and despite the fact that Milwaukee has Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday and potentially the return of Chris Middleton with a team that already won a championship two years ago I will make the argument that even among those three teams and you can put Cleveland in this group as well potentially even though I don't think Cleveland will get to the NBA Finals I believe that when the playoffs roll around, the Denver Nuggets can beat one of those teams in the NBA Finals. Kyle, what you got? One, give, shoot one, shoot one. What you got? Uh, my strongest one, Denver's going to win the Western Conference and they're not going to face an elimination game in the entire three first rounds. Wow. Three first rounds. Denver wins the Western but Conference. All three rounds. Yeah, they will never face an elimination three game in any round. First three. Is there a fourth one? Or are we just calling no, it the finals? finals? The finals. <laughs> so they're not going to lose a playoff game in the West. They're not going to face an elimination game, so they will never lose three games in a series. Here's what I don't like about this. So Kyle has all the jokes, right? But he doesn't go on the record with us. Oh, I'm happy to go on the record. Yeah, let him go on the record. Go on the record. Take a shot. Take shots at him. Take a shot. You were gone last time, but I said Denver would go 12-3, and win the West, and never face an elimination game. Wow. That's looking good. What did I say about putting himself over? I don't put myself over. That is pretty good. You called me out, man. I'm just clapping back. Ooh, leaks in the so- second round. He's clapping back. It's the second round. They're looking good. Before Shopify, were you wondering where my sales at? 
Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Here at Denver Sports, hey, Nicola, when Jamal can do that for your team and play such an overall game, how much does it benefit you guys? I mean, we win. Uh, it's, I think it's pretty simple. Um, but he's playing. He's playing phenomenal. I think uh, the whole, the whole playoff, and uh, he's, we're just following him. Like I said, and he's really good leader. His energy is amazing, and we are just following. Uh, Nicola, did you agree that the only way that your team lose these finals is if your team, including yourself, make mistakes like the lack of effort that Coach Malone said was the reason to lose the game too? I mean, it doesn't help when you when you miss communication or or stupid turnovers or or whatever. But uh, they're they're a good team, and we need to give them the respect. And uh, it's not just us that they they're they're playing too, you know. So I think it's really interesting series, and uh, you know we just got we just got one today. Tim here in the front. Tim McMahon, ESPN. I know you're uh, not a guy who cares a lot about your stats, but when you have a line that's never been accomplished before in, in finals history, what do you think of that? Um, to be honest, I just think it's a win, you know, because if we lose, nobody's going to even mention. Even, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't care. Uh, it's, just, uh, it's just a stat. Nicole, you and Jamal have had so many giant games together, but you know, the first, it made history tonight with the two triple doubles. How would you describe your guys' chemistry? And you know, also off the court, you know, how how would you explain the dynamic that you guys have? I mean, it's uh, it's uh, I think it's just respect to each other and uh, relationship over the years and communication. And I think I think, uh, but it's not just us. I'm always saying yes. We, we had a good games, but Christian Brown had amazing game. Uh, Bruce had a really good game. Uh, Jeff played really well, you know. So AG played really good. So it's not just us; it's a team. And uh, like I said before, even the series started, <laughs> Denver Nuggets need to beat uh, Miami, not uh, me or Jamal beat whoever is on the other side. We as a group need to beat them. Of all the games you and Jamal played together. Did this feel like the most in control you two have been? And also, Jamal is the first player in finals history to have 10 assists in each of his first three finals games. How much more dangerous does that make, Jamal? I like, uh, he's reading the game really well. You know, he's getting guys involved. And, um, uh, you know, I think he's uh, mature, if, any, if it makes any sense. Uh, and he knows where to find the guys and how to, how to control the game, you know. so. Uh, on, on the first question, I don't even, is it the best or is it, I don't know, we are just trying to win a game right now, so we don't, we can think about that later. Scott over here. Scott Hastings, Altitude Sports. You in the past have said about Christian Brown, you just call him a winner. He's, he's a winner. When you see him play like he did tonight, um, what are your thoughts? And two, you know, what did you get a chance to say to him after the game? I mean, um, I, I told him you won us the game, and, and 
like you said, he's a winner and he won us the game with energy, with uh, just just the, the focus, the the, the mindset. Uh, even when he make a mistake, it's a dr- aggressive mistake. So you cannot be mad at him. I always say that. So he won us the game and he was he was really good tonight. Standing on the left side. Nicola Valeria Rubino, V Sport, uh, Corriere Italy. So in the locker room, your teammates said you really needed this punch in the mouth from game two to find back your intensity and focus. Do you think now you're playing, you got to play the, your best basketball as a team, and what can you still improve? Uh, but yes, um, I mean, this is the right time. If you're going to play your best basketball, I think this is the right time to play your best basketball. But... Uh, i think I think uh you, like you said, the team is really important. Yes, a couple of guys maybe didn't make shots or didn't play well, but there's another guys who can step up and 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 uh fill that position and and be even better so uh is this the best basketball that we play? I don't know as long as we're winning games I think how you doing Mark Stallworth, Miami Times? Uh, you're down uh, two games and one in this series. Uh, first home, uh, well, first loss in this playoff, well, in the finals uh, since nine years. And how does it feel? What's the emotions in the locker room? How are you guys going to improve uh, for Friday? We feel great. We didn't play our best tonight. Uh, I feel like we just got to come out with more energy and effort, and um, that's correctable. That's on us as a, as a group. No X's and O's can fix that. So, you know, come out. Dive on the floor, get loose balls, get defensive rebounds, and um, maybe, just maybe, it would have been a different game. We're going to go to the right side, first row. Cooper Moorhead, Heat.com. Jimmy, you, you and Bam combined to shoot 10 of 30 in the paint tonight. Did you feel like most of the attempts were shots that were in your wheelhouse, or was there something Denver was doing paint defense-wise that, that kind of hurt a little bit? I can only speak for myself, and I just, just missed some that I, I normally make, you know, along with Bam, too. But... Um, we going to continually take those, getting two feet in the paint. Um, if you can get a shot up, um, get it up. If, if you can't, get it out to your shooters. I think we did a, a good job of that. Um, maybe we do have to do a better job of finishing, but uh, those are the same shots that we're going to get next game, and we're expected to take and make those. On the far right, first row. Anthony Chang, Miami Herald. You, you two guys are kind of the two primary defenders most of the time on that pick and roll with Jamal and, and Jokic. What, what makes that pick and roll just so unique and, you know, so effective like it was tonight? Uh, <clears throat> one, uh, you know, Jokic can pass, uh, and, you know, Jamal is looking to score. I feel like that's what makes it so dynamic. We're going to go to the left side in the back. Jimmy, Nick Friedel, ESPN. You guys got out rebounded 58-33. You mentioned the effort. Why do you think it was so lacking tonight? I don't know. I can't answer that. Uh, maybe, you know, we're at home. We think we did something. I, I don't know. It just can't happen. It won't happen again. It starts with myself. Um, you know, I got to lock in on a defensive end. I got to go up and, and, and get loose balls. So um, I think if I start playing and doing that, then everybody else has to follow suit. We're going to go to the right side back fourth fourth row yes uh, hi Jamie from uh, China Migu when when Nuggets play pick and roll and with Jogic and we kind of like a uh, double a lot come do you think that is good strategy for tonight uh, I don't know we're gonna get back to the film and, and figure it out 
because we do have to be better guarding both of those guys. Um, one is the ball handler, one is the guy that's setting the screen and popping and rolling. Um, it, it's not an easy task to do, but you know, if we want to win, we're going to have to figure it out. We're going to go to the middle, third row. Sorry about that. Uh, Rohan Arkney, Sports Illustrated. Um, Denver's really successful at kind of running off misses. It's like they get transition opportunities, even you guys aren't necessarily turning over the ball. What's the key to, to slowing them down when Jokic grabs a rebound and wants to run? What's kind of the first thing you have to do to, to stop them from running out like that? Uh, all five guys get back. Uh, I feel like that eliminates the transition. <clears throat> Everybody get back, load to the ball, and then uh, you figure it out from there. We're going to go to the first row in the middle. Will Giller from The Athletic. Uh, you've talked to all players about how you're more than happy to get off the ball, allow your teammates to do them. I think you're around like 21, 22 shots at the end of the third quarter. What were you seeing that made you feel like you want to just be a little bit more assertive with your shot tonight? Two feet in the paint. Um, shoot the shots that I know that I can make. Uh, stay aggressive. Uh, it's the same thing. I, th I think if um, guys are open, uh, like I said, I always got to pass it to him. I will continually do that. But if I get too fit in the paint, um, I'm expected to shoot a layup or a floater, and I'm expected to make it too. We're going to go left side, second row. Uh, Bam, you in the midst of an historic comeback playoff run. You somehow bring the game to within nine points, half uh, 90 seconds to go. And the arena's half empty. I'm sorry for this question, but isn't that disappointing? Uh. I mean, I, I'm in a game, so I'm not I'm not really focused on fans leaving. Uh, I'm really focused on <clears throat> can we get a stop, can we score, and then uh, see if we can come back in this game with 50 seconds left. Right side, third row. Tom Mary Zarley from Clutch Points. Uh, Jimmy, or Bam, I guess. Uh, did you guys notice that they made a concerted effort to kind of take Max out of the game, especially when he had those four, uh, four threes in the first quarter last game? I mean, <clears throat> they look at film. Uh, they definitely watch the game plan. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing for us is watch film and see how we can get Max open again. Last question. Okay, thank you, gentlemen. All right, appreciate you. Elite talent uh, in, the, in the finals. And both those guys are elite-level talent. Uh, at our best version, we have find ways to overcome that. Uh, make it tough on them, uh, and then certainly not lose the overwhelming majority of of those um, physical battles, uh, the 50-50 battles, the ball in the air, ball on the floor battles, uh, um, and 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 that made it too much to overcome. You know the 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 dynamic of those two, but uh, also getting all the the extra, you know. Effort points. We're going to stay on the right side in the first row. Cooper Moore, headheat.com. They only took 18 threes, which is low for anybody. So was there a an effort to take away the three-point line that maybe influenced the, what they were able to get done in the paint? No, I wouldn't even say that. You know, they just pummeled us in the paint. Um, they didn't They didn't really have to shoot threes. Uh, they had, whatever, 60 <laughs> in the paint. Um, they probably shot over 60 five percent uh at the paint at, at the rim um there wasn't a need to space the floor um 
we didn't offer much resistance, uh, and a lot of those plays were relief points in, in transition that kind of gave them uh, some separation, some cuts, some timely uh, cuts, uh, and then timely offensive rebounds that led to uh, either buckets or, or free throw attempts. You know, from there, I thought offensively we actually did get a lot of opportunities in the paint. Um, I haven't seen the percentage. I don't have my glasses right now, but I would have to say our, our percentage at the rim or in the paint was was pretty poor. Um, yes, you do have to credit their their size and everything like that, but we're, we've we've proven that we can we can finish uh, in the paint. Uh, um, you know, when we're uh, uh, at our best, um, but offensively, yeah, there there's some definitely some things where we got flattened out. Uh, and and they jammed us up in possessions, got us laid into possessions, and and then sometimes we were forced with those plays, and, and that can kind of have a different flow and feel to it than if it's just, you know, in our typical, um, you know, rhythm uh, of our offense. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.